Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete. I spend a lot of time working through each show after it's been recorded to make sure that everything is accurate and there aren't any loose ends. And I've had a lot of feedback and a few questions about the last two or three episodes. This week, I thought it'd be really helpful to go back and clarify those issues, share a few examples and even get a second opinion on one or two of my ideas. Last week, we heard how Roy Baring and the team at Texan Site Services are going to deploy Sanitrax modules fitted with AirVote stickers at the Valero Texas Open this week. Now, Roy mentioned that he'd been able to arrange a demonstration kit from Sanitrax, and I thought, who better to ask about that than my good friend, Dave Andres, the business development manager for Sanitrax North America. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm good, Pete. It's nice to hear from you again. And you, I really appreciate you taking time out of the evening there to uh, join me on the show. It's my pleasure. I understand you've had a busy week. You know, Pete, I have to say it's almost like being reborn and new life because I actually went to a golf tournament setup this week and I was with guys slinging toilets, checking things, setting up forklifts. You can't be on the grass in the morning because of the weather last night. And it just felt tremendous to almost be back to normal. It was like being back at the old golf tournament, setting it up. So yeah, it's been a very, very busy week. Like the good old days. Like the good old days. Yes. So how many plastics did you put in alongside the Sanitrack? Roy has about 200 behind the scenes and on the course. And because I like riding around in a golf cart and had some spare time, I just hung out in the passenger seat and actually slung some toilets. I was jealous. It looked like you're having a lot of fun. Well, trust me, I took the first vote in an air vote and I voted red. And I, I mentioned that you didn't flush the toilet and that someone should remind you to make sure you flush. <laughs> so anyway, we were thinking of you and we were missing you. So Angelique and Dimitri came out and helped you put all the stickers onto the toilets all around the course. They did. And Angelique and Dimitri are wonderful people. But in the technology world they're in, they're very exacting. Like, when should we show up? When should we be there? And as you might imagine, the best laid plans of mice and men always go astray. Sure. My truck was scheduled at 8 a.m. at Texas Outhouse to pick up our demo kit. And of course, that driver at 8.15 hadn't notified anyone he was having, quote unquote, truck problems. So they found a second driver who showed up at 11.15. We got it loaded out of there in less than an hour, and off we were to San Antonio. So we didn't end up arriving in San Antonio at the course until 3.30 in the afternoon. I had told Angelique and Dimitri, yeah, between one, two-ish, but I said everything changes. So they were extremely patient and gracious, and they hung around uh, until 5.30, 6 o'clock. And uh, we took some nice photographs, which I think you can see on social media. I have to be careful next time I send you photographs because I didn't realize you'd post them so fast. <laughs> I've learned from you, Dave. You were onto that AirVote link before I'd even finished editing that audio. <laughs> Listen, AirVote, I would have adopted the first time I heard about it, even if that was 10 years ago, because it's all about real-time customer feedback. I'll tell you a little brief story. When I was at Mr. John from 97 to 06, we would always get, like every toilet company does, a customer complaint call. And that customer service person takes the complaint, writes it down. She then hangs up the phone. She calls the driver. She calls the ops manager. She calls other people to try to get what happened. 
And I noticed that we, we didn't have real-time information. So what I helped to create it, Mr. John, was every call that came in, we could see where the driver was on the road. We could see what time he serviced the unit. We could understand whether or not there had been complaints before about brimming. So drivers know when you show up to a bunch of toilets and they're brimming, that means they don't have enough toilets or they need to go to twice a week. So when you can arm a customer service staff with real-time actual data, hello, Mr. Customer. Well, thank you for your complaint. I'm just checking the records here. Our driver was there this morning at 842, and he left the site at 915. He serviced nine units or whatever the stats are. Oh, so you're still having a problem? Well, you might have need to consider you might need more service or you might, you know, have, have you added more drywallers or have you, you know, what have you done to the site? And with that real-time information, you can leapfrog the challenge of solving the client's problem. So when Roy and I are out there April 1st through the 4th, I will get a text message every time someone votes. Now, some people might say that's too much, but for me, it's not enough. I'm going to know instantaneously that we got to vote. And then the yellows and the reds, if they comment, we're going to see that immediately, which is then going to allow us to respond immediately. I'm kind of hoping that you get some reds because I want to see how quickly you can respond and resolve issues. I wouldn't wish that on anyone and I'm sure that everything will be fine, but it, it would be great f for there to be an accident in a restroom or for something silly to happen so that the crew can deploy really quickly and sort things out for you. I don't think any of the pros listening or around the world are scared of, a, of bad news. Not, none of them, because they've all been there, done that, and they're ready to go make it right. So it's how soon do you get your bad news which is really what AirVotes value is. You get it immediately. And I said in the show, those unpleasant deposits on the floor or the spillages in the restroom, that's not a reflection of the operator. That's the reflection of the user who's had that accident. The reflection of the operator comes in how quickly you can respond and resolve the situation and get things back to A1 condition. And, you know, the thing about Roy Baring, he is one sharp tack. He's a full-blown Texan, full-blown cowboy he had a welder out there and he needed to weld something. Roy Baring was welding on Monday and Tuesday, something that needed to be welded. I was like, holy smokes. I've never been involved in a toilet company where the owner had a welder on the back of his pickup truck. I mean, I'm impressed with Roy, but that guy's off the chart. That's proper hands-on leadership from the front right there. Oh my goodness. It was really, really cool to see. And then everything falls down from that. Every one of his teammates was in alignment, would do anything, would go anywhere, and they all stuck it out till six, seven, eight o'clock at night, getting it done. And then they showed right back up the next morning at seven o'clock, and we just kept rolling. When I spoke to him last week, I got the vibe that this is a guy who's absolutely the top of his game, and his word is as good as his bond. And what he was telling me, yes, you've just evidenced completely there that Texan site services are absolutely knocking the ball out of the park. He also said that he spun it to Wasserman, which is his client. Wasserman is a big golf tournament provider. They set the whole thing up for a client like Bolero. And he said to his people, he said, Kelly, we're going to know what you used to know and radio us. We're going to know it as it's happening. And I'm going to send people over to fix it. So you're not going to get any of the calls. And Wasserman was just like, that's unbelievable. Wasserman has a separate contract for the restroom trailers because Roy doesn't own any restroom trailers yet. You profiled him last week. He's grown 2,000 units over a couple of years, 5,000 unit services, but he does not own restroom trailers. Angelique was like, well, can we get the air vote in the trailers? <laughs> so 
Roy ordered a few extra stickers, and I think we're going to see some uh, air votes inside of some of the restroom trailers. So that's really cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing how you go at the Valero Open. You've particularly been really patient, waiting for the COVID pandemic to calm down and ease off so that you can get back into the event world, because that's essentially was your primary market, wasn't it, Dave? That was the, the first intention for Sanitrax was to be deployed at high end events like this. So last week on the special event PSAI biweekly roundtable, I was asked to make a couple comments as a supplier of what I see happening in the special event market. And so because of my relationship with Live Nation and, and some others, we, we sort of have a purview. And I used to be an operator, so it's almost like a pro looking at it, even though I'm now with a supplier. And what I said was, go with your hunches and get ready to be sold out. That can apply to you in anything you're thinking about. Ross Ambrose doesn't own any trailers either. So he went with a hunch. He built one. It's beautiful. And now he can't build enough of them. So I'm encouraging all your listeners to do the same thing. Go with your hunch. Your hunches are usually never wrong. And I'm also pleased to say that every one of our customers to date is all ordering more equipment. They're running out already. And we know that's going to be a dynamic. So you buy like two trailers, right? And you run out. They're sold out. Now you need a couple more trailers. Well, that's what's going on. Why? Because it's better for your clients. It's more hygienic. It's safer. It's more efficient. And by the way, customers love it. So I'm really excited to be at the Valero April 1st through 4th and watch what I already know is going to happen live. Of course, we will have bathroom attendants. So I don't expect many reds because we ran out of toilet paper, but I can't wait to show you the stats and the report about all the votes we got at the Valero. You mentioned very quickly there the PSAI roundtable, and I have to tell you, I've actually joined the Portable Sanitation Association. That's great. They do an international rate, and uh, I thought, you know, we've got a little bit of money left in the pot from the year, so I've signed up, and I'll hopefully I'll be joining in some of those roundtable discussions. Yeah, well, congratulations, and uh, we're glad to have you. I was on the PSAI board back in the early 2000s. It's a good organization. It needs more membership and it needs more participation, but they're all about educating pros and getting them the resources they need, much like Get Flushed is. And hopefully you can get Carlene on for an interview and she can talk more about PSAI. Well, she's agreed to that. Oh. I just need to arrange the appropriate date that works for her. I understand she's a really busy lady, but she's certainly keen to come on and talk about the PSAI. And, you know, I've seen already they had a lot of value. A lot of their resources are really on point. The roundtable discussion is a continuation. There's a lot of anecdotal stuff that happens on social media where portable restroom operators talk to each other and share information. I've mentioned that previously that I can't imagine that there are many other industries where people are so open and willing to support and help their fellow competitors, if that makes sense. It's really true. And I, I don't know about that comparison either. However, they are at least top shelf, top three, top five of any industry. Their example would compete with any industry anywhere as far as doing what you're describing. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. The other thing that you mentioned there was the issue around global shortages. We've seen a few posts this week from different organizations. Some of the manufacturers have chimed in, but I've mentioned there's a shortage in plastic resin. There are delays in freight. I don't know if you saw the news media. The world's largest cargo ship is jammed in the Suez Canal, blocking all freight from the China side to Europe side at the moment. I saw that on TikTok today about the blockage of the Suez Canal, and I, I can't imagine what's going to happen in Europe as far as further delays out of China. 
it's like the butterfly in the rainforest, isn't it? A butterfly flaps its wings in the rainforest and it sets off a tsunami in Sumatra or something. Yeah, I encourage you to have an episode on that about the supply. I will tell you from Sanitrax, we have 57 toilet modules and three techs in Houston that are available at last year's pricing. All new production orders are subject to a possible surcharge related to everything you're talking about. Steel, fiberglass, and plastics. John Babcock at Satellite mentioned it. Mike Adams at Polyjohn, I think, posted something on it. It will dissipate over time. But I really think that's a hot topic that all pros should learn more about and discover. And it's not that we want to raise our prices, but I think all pros should raise their prices. I think there's going to be a great reset that certainly in my market here, the tendency in the past has been for event operators to choose the sanitation provider based on the lowest possible cost. And that's just not going to be possible anymore. I've heard of a couple pros that want nothing to do with special events anymore, just because they're a pain in the neck. And if they don't want to pay, fine, move on. So I think it's okay in this industry to determine what your why is and to double down on it and be the best at what you do. And of course, other people will do special events, but I'm talking to special event pros, like large ones. They're actually scared. And it's the same thing I'm hearing from C3 Presents at Live Nation. For those that don't know, C3 Presents is in Austin and they produce all the festivals. So it's a company they bought some time ago, Mike Walker. He's a 40 year veteran. He has been expressing how he is so scared because he's going to have to go back to back to back to back to back because the corp- the corporate, the, the head office wants to have more festivals once everything opens up. So I think you're going to see a flood of special events in the second half of 2021 and 2022 that no one has ever experienced before. And it'll be interesting to see who's ready with equipment and willing to go the extra mile and charge enough to make enough profit and get it done. I'll give you an example. BAM Productions out of Toronto was going to do the Field of Dreams game last August in Iowa where the Yankees were going to play the White Sox. And we were going to be the showers, the toilets, and the sinks in the player locker rooms, plus the umpires. Well, that game got canceled. So they moved the Toronto Blue Jays, who couldn't play in Canada, to their Buffalo minor league facility in Buffalo, New York. And they had a 60-game season. And the visiting team's locker room was a tent in the parking lot that BAM set up. Well, inside that tent was Sanitrack showers, toilets, and sinks, because it works great. The NHL Winter Classic was in Lake Tahoe in February. BAM Productions set up the whole thing. They did the rink, they did everything, and they did the player locker rooms. And they drove the Sanitrack's toilet modules and a tech from Toronto to Las Vegas. So, I don't know what that means. I'm not trying to impress anyone, but it certainly is something I would pay attention to if you're worried about pricing and value. Sanitation is now the first thing they're responsible for to make sure is good. Don't tease me about coming to America and getting on the road because I just might do that. (laughs) You know there's a Netflix series in there, Dave. Dude, there's more than a Netflix series. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Don't get me started. So I don't know if you saw this in, in Australia. They had a re-showing of Kenny the movie with Shane Jacobson. I saw that post, yeah. Now I've got to get this in. You're in that movie, Dave. There are three and a half hours of B-roll where I'm walking around the show with Shane while his brother is filming. And we are having a hoot. 
the same kind of hoot you and I would have in the van doing what we're doing on the Netflix series. And it's just fantastic. I met the guys that own Splashdown in the satellite suite the night before. And they said, hey, would you walk around with Shane tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll be walking around the show anyway. So I show up in my Mr. John shirt and Shane and I walk around. I'm in the movie for like 21 seconds. You meet people who claim that they were at Woodstock and it's the same with that movie, right. eh? That everybody in the sanitation industry claims that they were in Kenny. Yeah. Was it the 20th, 25th anniversary? No, it was the 15th anniversary. Feels a lot longer ago than that. Yeah. I did the episode about the toilet inspection and you raised a good point and said that I had not mentioned the driver service record, the sticker that's inside the units. So it's interesting. I listen to every episode. Of course, we're the sponsor. We're good friends. But I shared that episode with somebody else who is quite a stalwart in the industry. Quite a well-established, forever kind of guy. Everyone respects. Everyone appreciates. I wanted him to listen to that episode and, and other episodes. And it was like the second one he ever listened to, right? And he said, it was really good. But you know me, there's a lot of things I would change. I said, yeah, no problem. You can change whatever you want. He goes, he didn't bring up the date sticker. So while I knew that you didn't bring up the date sticker and I really liked your list and I think it would work, the date sticker is something in America that many pros, if not all pros, use. So yes, I would add that. Do they have a date sticker and is it filled in? Do you know, it's really easy to add that to the template in seconds, literally. I'll tell you why I didn't include the date sticker. I um, previously did some work with a company that were using them and they had so many problems with the drivers not filling them in. And then customers would ring and complain and say, hey, I'm in my toilet and the date sticker's not been filled in this week. You haven't been and you've sent me the invoice. And in the end, despite their repeated efforts to persuade and push and enforce the fact that the drivers must sign the date sticker, in the end, they took the option that, well, you know what, we'll just remove the date stickers. And all of those complaints evaporated, that people didn't ring up then and complain. So that was my logic. But yeah, I'm happy to take feedback. Bring up a very valid point that I think every pro wrestles with. So every pro listening to this podcast understands idealism and then they understand raw reality in their own neck of the woods and what they really believe to be true. But what I would say to all of you is what you allow, you teach. Also, I would say, as a consultant, as an advisor, a guy that's grown several portable toilets in various manners, if you allow an aberration to define your strategy, then you're just nothing more than, I don't know, somebody who said it didn't work. So leadership and vision doesn't let the non-compliant or the haters or the people that don't do it, what, those are your advisors? So you listen to them and because you couldn't convince your drivers to do it, therefore you just got rid of it. I don't understand any of that. At Mr. John, this concept of what you allow, you teach, it's a challenging comment because I'm actually saying to you, is the way you're doing it today, would you be hired as a tenured professor at a university? Or would you teach your children to do exactly as you're doing it today? That last one is very personal. Don't talk about my kids. You know, my family's my family, man. Don't be bringing this issue up with my kids. Well, no, many pros have legacy. Many are fathers, sons, grandparents. Uh, you look at Ron Inman and Trevor Inman. There's a father-son dynamic. You look at Nancy Gump. She's third generation. Roy raised it. That's his aspiration, that his kids will take over the company. Yeah. Yes, but Roy is, is an anomaly. 
I have not heard many pros proudly say, my six-year-old son comes in and tells me what for. He was answering a question of legacy. He wants to let his son, and he's already letting his son influence the business. And I think that's the key to legacy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the people that don't have legacy, they have too much ego. The people that don't pass it on to their children, they're just in a control dynamic. You know, because the kids are going to screw it up. Or the kids aren't interested. Well, the reason the kids aren't interested is because you weren't interested in them and didn't know how to do it. You raise a really good point about influencing behavior that by not having that date sticker, yeah, it, it solved the problem. But I accept it was a reactive, retrogressive step in that we removed the source of the problem. We didn't actually solve the real issue, which was the drivers not complying with the standard operating procedure. That's a massive challenge, Dave. It's a constant, constant battle. Everyone on this podcast listening can prove every one of their arguments from where they're standing today. They can show you examples. They have friends that agree with them. They can prove any position they're taking. Now, this is a dicey comment because I believe you. I don't necessarily agree with you. And the individual that gave me the feedback couldn't imagine not having a date sticker filled out. So there's different dimensions of understanding this business, and you all get to define how you're going to run your business and have your playbook or not have your playbook or your training. But when Roy Baring said, Training for new drivers with a ride-along goes on for two weeks. That's somebody committed to training. And it goes on beyond that as well. I haven't got into the feedback loop yet and talked about if you do toilet audits or inspections, how do you then report that information back to the driver? That's a whole other episode that I'd love to get into. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not defensive that you've challenged me and brought that up. It's great. Right. It's not about ego. I certainly wouldn't claim I've got a monopoly on the best practices or the great ideas. It's a really valuable contribution to the debate that you ask the question. I'm, I'm happy to have the conversation. And, you know, I'd love to have been in a position where we had a team that could influence driver conduct and not have to take a retrograde step. Right, exactly. And so every sport or every skill, gun shooting, archery, golf, whatever your thing is, right? Risk it in Texas. You have to continue to be open. And when you think you made the best brisket, somebody comes in and shows you a little nuance. You're like, ah, it's not the best brisket. The thing I love about you, Pete, and why I'm so happy Santa Tracks has agreed to be your title sponsor again, is because you're the way you are, because you're so open, and because you're also very confident to say, this is how to do it. You're in this sort of, I call it both and versus either or. So there's no need to defend this. And this is why I love talking to you, because you do receive comments and feedback. Your friend's a fairly major player in the industry, and it was really good to hear that reaction. They're the sort of people that we'd like to come on the show and, and have the conversations and just find out perspectives from those bigger companies as well as those from the smaller companies. It'd be great. The other aspect that in my conversation with Roy that came up that I'd like to talk about was the issue of playbooks. And I know you've got a lot of experience with playbooks, Dave. It was good to hear Roy saying that the playbook drove their business. But Mike Tyson said that everyone has a plan until they get a punch in the face. And for me, having seen companies write really extensive standard operating procedures, the challenge is bringing those playbooks to life and making them part of your living and breathing culture within the organization. The thing I really appreciated about Roy is how he simplified it, right? And... Roy was my very first Follow Your Process podcast. So if you go to Follow Your Process on Facebook, Roy Baring was my first interview. 
I love the way he, he's kept it simple. No one needs to resist playbooks because of complexity. So when I got to Mr. John in 1997, I asked them, where's the playbook? And they didn't even know what I was referring to. I referred to the fact that any football team, it's a great sports analogy, you can't go to training camp without a playbook. And you hear players study the playbook and they study game film. It's part of how being a champion in football happens. A playbook, the plays, you memorize them, and then you go out and practice them, and then you play it, and then you watch the film to tell you what happened, which is why I love air vote. Like, everyone's got their plan, everyone's got their thing. We're going to know as soon as someone votes, which is like looking at game film. How did I do? I created a process where I got every department to engage in the process of writing the playbook. We did this process. We thought about it. We wrote it down. We engaged all participants. And that's really, folks, what a playbook is. Once again, I'm surprised at how many operators that I know haven't developed that or haven't used one. Okay, so hold on a second. What I just described is an arduous six-month process. Yeah. So take a vote. Take a vote right now. How many pros want to do a six-month process of off-sites and editing and all sorts of stuff I don't think you're going to get many hands to get raised up. No, not at all. And that might be the issue. You know what we should do, Pete? We should write a playbook together and offer it up and see what they think. Do you know, Dave, if I go through the transcripts of all of the episodes, and I think this is number 45, we won't be a million miles off. We've covered so many topics, and you've been a real help in influencing the content and the design of the show. But genuinely, I don't think we would be too far off producing a playbook if we went through and did that. And the other thing, too, is, I think that most pros would accept a core structure of topics, right? Yeah, yeah. So if our playbook had just the core topics, it doesn't mean anyone has to believe us or do it, but it gives them what they can then nuance in Alabama, in Oregon, in Chicago, because many of them don't even know how to write the outline of all the topics. So if we gave them the structure, I think that many more people would adopt a playbook. Now, be careful for what you wish. Playbooks on a football team mean you need to evaluate the level of the coaches. The entire team can learn the playbook on the football team. But if your offensive line coach is a jerk, it doesn't matter what you have in your playbook. It is really a human experience. And I think many pros need to learn how to add operations managers. So, by the way, there's a guy named Raymond Gonzalez. And I've been CC'd on a bunch of emails. He's been in Roy's team. And Raymond's been pretty sharp. You know, he's, he's always responded. So I meet Raymond this week. I'm out on a golf cart with a guy. So like I do with everybody, is I learn your backstory. Hey, how'd you meet Roy? How long have you been with Roy? They were boyhood friends and grew up together. He was running marketing for Academy Sports. They laid him off in COVID. And so he joined Roy's team. But the guy had the entire course and every placement of toilets on a Google map so that every other guy that had to go place them knew exactly where to drop them. That level of preparation isn't seen terribly often. I think back to some of the events that I did and we were relying on paper maps or hand-drawn maps. It's madness. The one thing I've got most out of doing this show is picking up other great ideas like that. That's such an obvious thing to do, isn't it? Set up some Google Maps. Everyone in the team can access them on their device and immediately... You resolve all of the trauma and the drama of, man, you've put the toilet in the wrong place. I'm looking forward to hearing from you next week while you're at the Valero. 
you will hear from me in multiple channels. <laughs> and then I'm looking forward to a, a, maybe a conference call with Roy and Angelique and Dimitri just to find out how the whole Airvote, Sanitrax, Texan site services combination went. And, uh, you know, I think there are great things on the horizon as a result of what we're doing here. Well, listen, we have you to thank for it because you brought all these parties together. Of course, we had to respond and do what we did. But the Get Flush podcast is something that I recommend to everyone to listen to and share with all of your friends, your drivers, and share with everybody in the industry, because I think so many people can benefit from all the episodes you've already done. The plan for the show this season and next season was to just broaden the scope a little bit. I know we've been heavily focused on the nuts and bolts A to B mechanicals of servicing portable toilets for the last three or four episodes. And that was really to reset the season and give us a, a good foundation to carry on. But my plan for the rest of the year is to broaden the spectrum, Dave, and start talking about sanitation in a wider sense. And maybe we'll look at that septic tank market, the bulk liquid market. Maybe we'll even get into the freshwater side of things. I'm quite active on social media and I, I engage with a lot of sanitation operators and champions from around the world. There are other podcasts that talk about sanitation and wastewater and those sorts of topics. And that's great. The more people who talk about this sort of thing, the better, to be honest. We've been going for about an hour. Are you okay for time or do we want to just wrap it up now and I'll edit what we've got? I actually have an important call that I'm seven minutes late to that I actually need to go. No, that's cool. I appreciate your time. I'll mix it down. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Very good. Once again, Dave, thanks for your time. Really do appreciate your support. But I'll call you in a little bit. Talk soon, buddy. Cheers. Okay, that's all I've got time for this week. If you have time, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash getflushed, where a small monthly donation will get you early access to each episode and release bonus material that's not available anywhere else. Please tell your family, friends, colleagues and strangers all about Get Flushed and get them to listen in. And if you've enjoyed the show, why not leave us a five-star review on your chosen podcast platform? Thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed. Get Flushed.